Good morning, everybody. Again, want to welcome everybody that's here present with us. Want to welcome anybody that is joining us live on Facebook and want to welcome anybody that's clicking in later on the podcast and listening to the message. Thank you for all of you, wherever you are, for taking time to to be here and to be present and to be listening. Uh, If you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians and the sixth chapter, and uh, I'll go ahead and ask for help on the front end. Everybody say, Brad, go real slow. Uh, go real slow. I got, I got a lot to say, but I want to make sure I say it well. And I'm going to go real slow. So this, uh, this will be good. But we're going to keep talking along the lines of the subject of prayer. Uh, and again, I don't know how long we will go, uh, but we're going to just take our time at it, right? I really do think um, that this year for us as a church family and this year as individual families and persons is really going to be a year for prayer, right? Not a year of prayer, <laughs> but it's going to definitely be a year for prayer, right? There's going to be a, it's going to be a real dedicated time. Uh, and so probably as a theme throughout the entirety of this year, you will see prayer woven in and out through what we do. And through what we teach. Now, we're not going to teach all year that I know of on prayer, although I'm certainly not opposed to it, right, if that's what the Lord wants to do. Uh, But we will definitely do that. So you can go ahead now and plan uh, for the whole balance of the month of February. We're going to keep going along the lines of what we've been doing on Thursdays where Audra's leading us through uh, the ABCs and how to do the Bible study stuff. We're going to keep doing that. And when we cross over into the month of March, we're going to keep doing some of that same format, but we're going to be reinserting our time of prayer on Thursdays, Mm -hmm. right? So how we actually totally manifest that, I don't know yet. But I do want everyone to know that starting in March, as we come on Thursdays, come ready to pray, right? I want to thank Teresa and the prayer ladies, the prayer warriors of the church for setting up the prayer room. And I want to invite anybody that would, y'all meet at nine, is that right? Nine o'clock on Sunday mornings. 9.30, is it 9.30? If it's 9.30 on Sunday mornings, if you would like to join us for prayer in the prayer room, we'll also have that time available as well. But aren't you glad you don't have to wait for Thursdays and Sunday mornings? That's right. Amen. Aren't you glad you can pray anywhere, anytime? Amen. As much as you like. Amen. That's right. So, Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful. Holy Spirit, help us today to learn together, uh, to be instructed from you, Father, in Jesus' name. Give me wisdom. Give me uh, direction, insight, guidance as we share in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the, the reason why, again, and I'm praying and trying to set things up as we go in is I'm excited about this year and talking about prayer because I'm excited for how we're going to grow in our relationship with Father. Amen. Yes. Amen. And the purpose of our year and our time for prayer, yes, and we've already seen it. Uh, Audra and Katie sent me some stuff I haven't had a chance to look over. We're already seeing and receiving reports of answered prayers yes. from last weekend and the prayer weekend. And I, I expect we're going to see... All of them answered. Amen. How many of you agree with that? Amen. But, but we don't go to prayer just so we can get something answered. Right. I know that might sound strange. Now, please hear me. I think we can expect all of our prayers to be answered. We're going to look at that a little bit more this morning. But we go to prayer so that we can talk with Father. Right? So we can relate with Him. In the sense that we can have a relationship with him. And prayer is our primary way that we do relate with God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's real similar. And so I want you to think, because I know prayer. Okay, let's be honest. I'm gonna be, how many of you, you hear somebody talk about prayer and you're like, snap. That doesn't sound exciting at all. Come on now, be honest. Do you like me? Come on now. Come on, come on that was me. I mean, I have to say, I, I am not the greatest prayer warrior on the planet at all. Of all spiritual disciplines, the one in my life that has, has probably been the most neglected is prayer. Besides solitude. Beside, well, besides solitude. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, that's a whole other discipline most people don't know about, though. But, um, but anyway, but when we come to prayer, I have to, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not necessarily of my own 
whatever, mm-hmm. inclined to just be, I'm just going to go spend hours mm-hmm. in prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just not, I mean, I've never been that way. Now, that's not right. It's <laughs> not necessarily good. I'm just trying to be honest. Because mm-hmm. when we talk about prayer, I know sometimes people can think, oh, my Jesus. We go past a minute praying, and I'm all done. Anybody else besides me? You know, come on, I'll be on. Hey, listen, I want to encourage us. What prayer is, is your conversation with your father. Yes. It's your conversation. And I really want to paint it in that framework. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a conversation. It's just like for Selena and I, the, the backbone of our relationship is our conversations with each other. On a very regular basis, this is free for all the married people, right? Almost daily, mm-hmm. Selena and I spend time together just talking. Mm-hmm. Some of that is consumed with talking about the, the needs, the, the business of the family, the business of the day. But we're endeavoring. But a lot of that is just conversation about life. Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do we want? Sometimes we'll sit down to each other and we'll go, we can't talk about nothing serious this time. Yeah. This is all just to be fun. Because you need that too. Does that make sense? So it's not just all business, right? And so I want to say that to say that's the backbone of our relationship. It's really the backbone of any human relationship. Does that make sense? So it's definitely the backbone of our relationship with Father. And it has to be extremely intentional. Otherwise, you will not do it. That's exactly that's exactly right, Kurt. And you have to be very intentional. Now, don't be scared by the word intentional. Intentional, because this was me. I'm just being honest. I used to hear from this lovely wife, because she's misintentional on steroids. That's been my wife now 25 years. Selena is a highly intense and intentional person. That is my beloved wife. And so in her first part, she used to think, man, intent, intentional means no fun. Anybody else besides me? You know, intentional means not spontaneous. Not fun, not a good time, but that's not true either. Yeah. Right now, it is intentional, but it doesn't have to be not fun right. or not enjoyed. It just means you don't have a relationship with the human by accident. Right. Yes. Come on, y'all look at me kind of funny. Y'all understand that, right? Yes. You don't have a relationship with anyone on accident. Mm-hmm. You can't accidentally become someone's best friend. No. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just looked up one day and bam, we were friends. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, there has to be intentionality <laughs> of pursuit of each other, conversation with each other, knowing one another through that conversation, and then acting out life from the basis of that conversation. That's right. Do y'all see you see that? I hope somebody wrote that down because that's the first time I ever said that ever. Well, I'm, okay, I'm going to try. Uh-huh. I'm very glad you said that. It's, you know, make it fun sometimes because me and you and Alicia, we, uh, how's your day? Oh, good. Well, how's your day? Oh, oh good. Did anything happen? No. And then you're just sitting there like. Now what? Now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already know what's going on through our day, so then if you feel like you don't have nothing to talk about, then you have to come up with something. Well, that's right. Uh, Absolutely. Right? There has to be a fullness of that. And we're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But what we're saying is we're in relationship. And again, human-wise, but especially this-wise, right, the backbone is conversation. From conversation comes a knowing of one another. And from that knowing of one another can come action. Does, it, does that make sense? Do y'all see that? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so I will. So we'll look at this because we're going to talk this morning about the kinds of prayer. Let's go here. Let me back up and let's go. I'm going to expand on that some. But Ephesians chapter 6, did I say 5 or 6? I think I said 5. I was wrong. It's 6. So Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look here. I'm going to share something real quick. I won't have time to teach on it now, but I'm going to throw it out there and, and tantalize us. And somebody remind me we need to talk about this this year. But it says in verse 14, stand therefore having girded about your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith, which is able to quench the fiery darts of the devil, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is 
the Word of God. And we all know that as the armor of God. And we probably all learned that somewhere in Sunday school. You put on the armor of God. But here's a revelation. Remember, armor is not defensive. Armor is protective. And I realized for the first time for many years, I have taught people wrong. Because I've joined what other people say is that the armor of God is defensive. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, yeah, either I'm under attack all the time or I'm more, it's this. We say it in a way that says I'm taking a back foot. Yeah. The armor is there because it's defensive and I'm taking, when I was thinking about this and no, 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 soldiers, warriors who went out, they were attacking and what the armor did was protect them in the fight. It didn't keep them out of the fight. That makes so much more sense. It does, doesn't it? Makes so much more sense. See, the armor of God protects you in life. It doesn't keep you from life. I have to say that one more time. Did you hear me? Yes. The armor of God protects you in life. It doesn't keep you from life. And the armor of God is well, it's all these things here. Well, now you go real quick, Kurt, for that. And again, I don't want to spend a whole ton of time here, but we do need to talk about it. And come, so somebody remind me, Brad, you said we need to talk about this. So I don't forget. But it, look, it says, so this is your armor. Truth. Truth protects you. Righteousness. Righteousness protects you. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace protects you. Faith. Faith protects you. Yes, salvation. Salvation protects you and the word of God, which is one of the pieces. And yes, the word of God is the only implement in our armor that is actioned. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? The rest of the armor is present, but it protects. But the word of God is what we actually have action with to defeat the devil or to defeat circumstances in life. But I want you to just be thinking on that and read and study that and meditate on your own. But these things here, they protect you, but you are active in them. Mm-hmm. Just like a warrior is active in his armor, mm-hmm. he is not passive in his armor. And I think many times we have taught too much the armor of God is something that is passive. Mm-hmm. Like Aldrich said, it's there to keep me safe if the devil attacks me instead of realizing no wait a minute i'm the warrior in the army i'm attacking the devil (laughs) i'm the soldier i'm active i'm moving i'm i'm taking life on yes i'm taking on because we're going to talk about this that passivity and inaction as a believer those things are not to be I cannot be a passive believer. Awesome. Y'all look at me. If I, if I breathe, I just look at your neighbor and go, I know where he's going, but this is for you. Just tell the person next to you that. I don't know where he's going, but this is for you. Right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Right? We cannot be passive and call ourselves believers. We cannot be inactive and call ourselves believers. Right, because those things are, are opposites of one another. Passivity and belief are opposites. Faith is an action. If it's not active, it's not actually alive. And so back to what Kurt was saying to expand on what we were just saying by, by the Lord is so communication is the backbone of all relationship. From communication comes knowing one another. And from knowing one another can come my actions. Mm-hmm. See, in the church world, we've kind of flipped that around backwards, haven't we? If you behave right and do right, then you'll get to know God, right? Then you can have a relationship. And that's not how it works, right? Because I have to have a have communication, come to knowing my wife, and then I know what she likes, and now I know what to do for her for her anniversary. But if I just assume 
Because, again, my folks taught me, well, girls like this. <laughs> right? Or I assume, well, the preacher one time told me God really likes this. But I don't actually know him. Then I can be doing all kinds of stuff and it not be faith. It becomes legalism, it becomes religion, it becomes traditions of men because someone told me, yeah, God likes this. And they may or may not be right. Is it all, am I all right? I just going to throw a joke in or something like that. Y'all kind of like... Yeah, we need to let people go out and talk to God on their own. We need to, we need to teach people we need to teach people how to. Now, again, we're going to come to this, and, and, and I know I'm setting a lot of stuff up here as, a, as an introduction as we move forward. So the primary place of communication is the Bible. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that's very, very clear. I want you to say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. And this is God talking to me. And this is God talking to you. Right. So many times again, especially all of us that call ourselves charismaniacs, right? Us Pentecostals, Holy Ghost and fire folk, right? We want to say, I need a word. I need a word. Pastor, I need a word from the Lord, right? And what sometimes we mean by that is, is I need you to tell me something. (laughs) I need to have Brad go, thus saith the Lord, Selena, right? No, listen, it all be, you can open the Bible anytime any day and that is a word of God for you yes. Amen. and it's more a word of God than if I stood up here and said thus saith the Lord mm-hmm. now please hear me I believe in the thus saith the Lord's I believe in words of wisdom words of knowledge and we will see more and more of that happening in our midst right but I believe even more in this word Right and, and, and again, for time's sake, you look at it, Peter in his first letter, Peter talks about that. He says, hey, listen, I was there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter said. Mm-hmm. I was there when Moses and Elijah showed up. I was there when Jesus glowed and God spoke from heaven. I was there. Mm-hmm. And this word is a more sure word than that experience. Did y'all hear what I said? Wow. Yeah. He, Peter said, the Bible, what would become, especially the New Testament, is more sure. It's more secure. It's more reliable. It's safer. It's truer than if you were on the Mount of Transfiguration seeing Moses and Elijah and Jesus and hearing God talk audibly. This is more secure. I'm looking, y'all all right this morning? Yes. <laughs> so that's, again, so this is where all communication with God begins. Yes, very good. All prayer begins here. Mm-hmm. All talking with God begins here. Mm-hmm. Everything I hear from the Spirit is then checked up with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Because He will never leave me lead me or talk to me outside of here. Mm-hmm. Does that, he never will. Mm-hmm. Right? The psalmist David said this, that God has placed himself under his own word. Mm-hmm. Did y'all know that? Mm-hmm. That God in his sovereignty said, here is my word and I will operate under my word. So God's parameters of omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence are all from here. That's awesome. These are the boundaries of the universe. What's that scripture you In Psalms. I have to look it up. Somebody help me find it. It's in Psalms. Mm-hmm. Man, now you So let me say it one more time. Now we understand why people are like, your faith will never rise above your knowledge of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, your confession will come from that. 
your confession. Now, again, I, y'all, I'm gonna as we get into this, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some word of faith stuff. Now, I am a word of faith dude. All right, y'all. I went to the word of faith school. Right, I am a name it and claim it. I am a blab it and grab it. I am a confess it and profess it. And I realize we have hurt a whole ton of people by being stupid. Does that make sense? And I agree. Our confession will never rise above knowing what we know from the word. Now what I say by that is this. Jesus said, what you actually believe, you will say. And that will come to pass. Now, this is where I love as much, and I know people are going to watch this, and I might get blackballed, and I'm so sorry if I do. But I know Brother Hagin taught from Mark 11, 23, and 24, and he said this because I heard him. You know, there's three times as much saying in those verses as there is believing. So we've got to do three times as much talking. And what he was trying to do is get people to stop being quiet. But what we did was think, if I just say it loud enough, long enough, and often enough, it'll happen. And that is not what Jesus said. The belief is the most important part of that whole verse. What you and I believe, we will say. Because it will come from the abundance of our heart. And what we actually believe will come to pass in our life. So when what we come to know him at, does that make sense? Because I want to be, because this is about prayer. Psalm 138. Let's go there real quick. Verse 2. Psalm 130. This okay this morning? <coughs> Y'all looking at me like a cow to new gate, as Brother Hagin would say. Y'all all right? Good. Help, help a pastor out every now and then. Just go amen or oh me. Oh, good. Awesome. Appreciate the oh me. <laughs> Psalm 138. Here in my Bible where the pages are still stuck together. Means I got to read this a little bit more. Psalms 138. He said, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Right? It says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Now, notice the last phrase for you. Who is the you there? God. God. Right? For you have magnified your word above your name. Did y'all hear what God said? That he has elevated his word above his name. So that means even the name of Jesus must be used in the boundaries and the parameters of the word of God. Does that make sense? Now as we talk about this again, why is this important? Because many times in prayer... In communication, and especially if we're praying for something or for someone, right, we don't actually believe it. Whatever we're praying for, we don't actually. Does that make sense? So when we go to pray, I want you to talk, we need to ask two questions, right? When you go to pray about anything, and you begin to pray, I want you to ask two questions. Number one, first question should always be, what does the Bible say about X, Y, or Z? Yeah, amen. Right? What does the Bible say about this? And then the second question is, do I believe this? Yeah. (laughs) Y'all look at me kind of funky now. Do I believe what the Bible says? I'm going to pray about something, right? I'm going to go pray about X, Y, or Z. I'm going to go and find out what scripture says. And then I have to ask myself, do I believe this? Before I just start jumping into prayer. Does that make sense? And that's not the same as, oh yeah, I've heard that before. And that's not the same as, oh yeah, I've heard that before. That's like, do I, am I persuaded about this? 
right? And again, I'm going to talk about this. Remember, over the last couple of years, we've been talking about talking about faith. We've been interchanging faith with a couple of words and phrases. One of them was the word persuaded. Faith and persuasion are synonymous terms. In Romans chapter 4, verse 23, Paul says, And Abraham being fully persuaded. That was faith. Abraham was fully persuaded. Meant there was no, he knew. He knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew. He was persuaded. Right? This whole last year we talked about faith is what? Faith is our our positive response to what God has already done through Jesus. Y'all remember that? I mean, that's what faith is. Faith is our positive response. And when I talk about this, well, what do you mean, Brad? When I read this and do I believe it? We go, how persuaded am I actually? Because again, I might have just heard it and it been, sure, the Bible says, sure, Mm -hmm. but I'm not persuaded. Mm -hmm. I just know that's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And the other one is, Am I ready to respond positively to it? Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't know. We're, we're in there somewhere. If you're doing the best you can. Lisa's our, 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 our archivist. Am I, am, yeah, do I believe this? So the answer is, I'm just trying to, because how many of y'all looked at me like, well, what do you mean, Brad, do I believe? Of course I believe it. It's the Bible. I want to be honest now. If I stand up here and I go, we're going to this verse. And Kurt, do you believe it? And Kurt goes, well, sure. (laughs) Why? Because he read it from the Bible. And I'm supposed to believe it. But that doesn't mean you actually believe it. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, that last Tuesday when we had the awesome time. Mm -hmm. So I know all the scriptures. Do not be afraid because God is. I'm not all of them, but yeah, I, yeah, you I know. believe them, but I was scared. I was so afraid. Mm-hmm. And I told Kurt, I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be afraid. I know the answer. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm just scared. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. So I think that's the, and then after that, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. Absolutely. You know, so there's a spot where you go from, I know the truth, to I believe it. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Please, did y'all hear this It all sounding... I don't hope this doesn't sound condemning. If this sounds condemning, I'll say, Brad, you, you sounded like you're going. I'm not going to help nobody, right? I mean, no. but I just do, I'm just trying to be honest, right? Because how many of you, again, you, you prayed with people or for people, or you've seen people pray, and, and it's just like Brother Hagen would say, it comes out their mouth and hits the ground like a dead fish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that sometimes we want to see things so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's why, and Kurt, that's a great thing to see. Belief is all I need to see to believe is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Very hard to do. It can be. It can be. As we grow in it, it can be very challenging. Depending on what we're facing, it can be very challenging. Again, let's go back real quick what it said about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. When it says, and Abraham being fully persuaded. And I think the verse right above that or verse right below it, I can't remember. It actually says, and he looked at himself and goes, yep, I'm impotent. He looks at his wife and goes, and she's always been barren. Because in Abraham's life, there was a season where he was fertile because he had Hagar and they had Ishmael. So there was a season where Abraham was good, but we knew it was Sarah. But there came a point in Abraham's life in the pursuit of what was the promise. It got worse before it got any form of better. Yes. yes. <laughs> right? Because I mean, it came to a place where he goes, well, now I'm dead. Mm-hmm. She's always been dead. Now I'm dead too. Mm-hmm. But Abraham said, but I am persuaded in the verse that it says and it says and I look at this and I look at her and that does not matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see that's what that's how persuaded Abraham was yeah where his circumstance went from it was bad to it got worse and Abraham says it don't that don't matter yes that doesn't mean anything 
Now, come on, I'm gonna, you start talking like that, and people will go, Brad, you were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. You, you have la- lost your ever-loving mind. Yes. And well, Job's friends show up <laughs> and go, you just need to curse God and die. Yeah. Right? You just need to give up. You just need to stop. You just need to quit. <laughs> because, see, that's the test of faith. Mm-hmm. But what I want to look at is, is, but persuasion is, it doesn't matter. I've seen it. I have seen what God has said. But more than that, I have seen Him. And this is where I want to get to with the time as we're moving. Because this is, and this is where I want to take myself and us, if, if with the Lord's help and your help in prayer, is higher. Because for so long, we have wanted to see the promises fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Which is, please hear me, is not necessarily bad. How many of you want to see God's promises? I got both hands and a foot because I can't raise up both. I want to see. I want to see his promises. I do want to see the promises come to pass. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. But back to Abraham in Romans chapter 4, this was what Abraham was persuaded in. Mm -hmm. And and I'll keep talking about it. Man, I even got to. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying. I'm I'm trying. Am I doing all right? Y'all do please help me because I'm. So in Romans chapter 4, because I want this to, to really be, for all of us, a, a step further and upward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Further forward and upward at the same time. But in Romans chapter 4, verse 23, is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back up. Might be 21. I'm looking, I'm looking. Deadness, he did not waver through unbelief, but was strengthened. Oh, man, this Bible's still going on. It says he was fully persuaded. I'm looking for 19. Talks about his body and not Talks about his body. Well, let's just back up to, I'm just going to start in 16, so I'll find it. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. i got to stop there. That's our heritage, right? Our heritage is our fathers. We call things into existence that aren't here yet. See, that's faith. Okay. See, faith isn't trying to change present circumstance. Faith is literally calling things out of heaven into existence on this planet that ain't here yet. Yes. <laughs> You're literally calling things out of a spiritual realm into a physical realm that aren't here physically yet. Yeah, go, You're crazy. that's what we're, because we've been taught. We got folk teaching. <coughs> we, we, we've been we've been taught we're everything but what we are. We're unworthy. We're undeserving. We're unable. We're unpowerful. We're un this. And I don't hear any of that kind of language coming out of God. No, especially in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He's you read through God and he's speaking all the opposite. Does that make sense? Y'all have heard me say that for years, right? God taught me that years ago. He said, son, if your opinion about you is ever ever different than my opinion about you, just go ahead and stick with my opinion. (laughs) Does that make sense? Just go ahead and stick with my opinion. You'll be all right. I love, I've heard something, and I want to, and guys, I'm trying to just, man, hit so much. I mean, I heard something, a phrase that was like, I've been looking for an answer how to say this. Hey, listen, I understand that whatever you and I may be facing, the thing, I'm going to call it the thing, I understand that the thing may be real. It may be a real thing. A real situation, a real feeling, a real emotion. (laughs) it's, It's a real thing. But what we do is we take the thing to the word of God. Amen. And if I don't find my thing 
in the Word of God, I am not required to believe in my thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. If I look at, again, I'll just be, I'll be honest. I mean, again, y'all know this in Selena and I's journey. We're hot after, Lord, you said, and you are our provider. And you said you would bless us so much that it would be scandalous. That's what you said. Now, right now, you look at my bank account, I am not very scandalous. Maybe the other direction. I'm the other direction kind of scandalous. Does that make sense? For real. I mean, I, I have to, I try to not say too much because I don't want other folks to worry. But if I was listening to the world, I'd be, I almost swore, almost did I stop myself. I would be slap, slap worried if it was up to what I saw. So I take my thing to the Bible. I take my bank account to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I take that stuff to the Bible and I go, I don't find that there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not required to believe my, my right. bank account. Right. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? I'm not required. Mm-hmm. I'm not required to believe what that says. I'm not required to believe what the doctor says. I'm not required to believe what the world says about me. I'm not required to believe what my emotions say about me. I am not required to believe that. Why? Because I can't find my thing in the Bible. I find his thing in the Bible. Yes. So I'm just going to go with that. Yes. Does, does, it, does that make sense? Right. Yes. Well, I, I don't want to no. neglect the truth of the situation. Sure. But still believe that I'm still being provided. Absolutely, yeah. And so again, and that's what I'm saying. And Kurt, I love your, I love, brother, you just keep coming. You're never asking anything out of place or out of space. I love it, right? Is, um, I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying. We're not in denial. We're not in denial. We're not, we're not in a river in Egypt. We're not in denial, right? You know, when I look and I go, okay. I mean, I'm not denying what numbers say. But I'm just not letting that govern anything. Yeah. Doesn't feel any. I'm getting better now for, for a season. I mean, again, you can. Have, I mean, she knows some things. She doesn't know all things, mm-hmm. right? For a season, sometimes it's. I mean, again, that's and guys, that's the fight yes. of faith. Yeah. The fight of faith isn't with the circumstance. Right. The fight of faith is within myself, and will I keep coming to Him? And rest and go, Lord, tell me one more time. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I'm coming. Tell me one more time who you are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what you're doing. And, and again, and, and I hear you, miss, but I want to say, but more than, Lord, I want to know who you are. Because everything you do will come from who you are. Mm-hmm. And guys, that's why I'm trying to the, the step up and farther is I'm now... Well, Lord, because I used to be, well, when's the money coming? Well, when's the this coming? When's the, when's the that coming? When's the this showing up? When is, how are we going to, you know, when? And, 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 and I'm, I was so focused on the stuff. And I realized, no, wait a minute. I have been distracted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because see, faith isn't about, Lord, what prom, what's the promise? And will you keep the promise? See, faith is about you are the promise maker. Yes. You are the promise keeper. Mm-hmm. And I now understand more. I am to lift my soul up to know him. Mm-hmm. And listen, he will do what he is. Because mm-hmm. he just can't help himself. Because mm-hmm. that's just what he is. Does that make sense? Does that help? So, so I'm still trying to find this verse because I haven't marked it in my Bible. Well, it also points out that Abraham did look at his body. He did, absolutely. He's not like a crazy person saying. That's what I, I that, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Abraham in this passage, you can read, it's here in Romans chapter 4. And, and for 21. Is that the one? 21. Are you in 4 or 8? I'm in 4. Okay. And being fully there, the Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to just for a moment hit pause on the message. I'm not 100% satisfied with how they've reformatted my Bible because they squish it. They're trying to help you, and they squish it in text blocks instead of in verses. 
and I'm just learning. So everybody say, Brad, Brad. calm down. Calm down. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Now I'm back. Okay, so verse, verse 21, and being fully convinced or being fully persuaded, what does that rest of that verse say? Read it for me. That he was able. So what was what was Abraham persuaded in? God. So you guys listen to me. I think in the Word of Faith circles, we've tried to get y'all, and, and, and it wasn't necessarily wrong. I love what my, my pastor friend Ian in Canada says. It wasn't that what we taught was incorrect. I just think in many places it was incomplete. It wasn't incorrect. It was just incomplete. But here... Abraham says he was persuaded that the one who promised was able. See, I used to think for years I had to be persuaded in the promise. The promise was true. The promise was true. And people, how many of you heard? You heard, well, do you, Kevin, do you believe in the promises of God? Anybody ever been? Courtney, do you believe in the promises of God? And you're like, well, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, I do, I do, yeah. Because you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, well, no, because I ain't seeing jack of the promises of God in my life. So I'm not real sure. But see, Abraham wasn't persuaded in the promise. He was persuaded in the promise maker. He was persuaded in who God is. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It really messes with your belief it, in God. It, it absolutely it does. It, 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 and hey, brother, I am. Anybody else want to join Kurt? And have him, I'm with you. Hey, that's what we're talking about here. So I want to, as we move forward, I want to talk. So listen, you said some neat stuff. One is God. My question is, so remember what we said, our questions are, what does the Bible say? And do I believe it? But when I go into that first question, what does the Bible say? It's. Who are you, God, in this? More than it's, okay, well, what's my promise? Again, and I'll pick it on you, and it's Philip. Am I remembering your, is that right? Paul, sorry, Paul. Paul, 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 Paul. So sorry, Paul, but like you said, instead of going, okay, I'm going to, and please hear me, this is not wrong, I'm going to form my litany of verses that I'm going to confess every morning when I get up. Please do that. Please, please hear me. That's a great spiritual exercise once you know who he is. Does that mean once I know who he is, then yes, I will come after every verse where he talks from who he is. But I have to know who he is. Uh huh. Part of it is where you know where you are. But yes, you will, we will find ourselves in him. Because that's where I am. Now that's another. Now again, you're about four steps in front of us, right? Right now, I'm just right now. I'm just trying to help all of us, myself included, know who He is. Does that make sense? And then about four or five steps further from that, I realize, oh wait a minute, that's me. Now see, there, there, I'm. You're, I'm. You're probably way far advanced now. I'm scratching the surface on some of that stuff about union. That who He is, I am. And, I, and, and to me, when that persuasion happens, I think all kinds of stuff breaks free. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to, is this, this, is this helping anybody this morning? Yes. So, yes. so I, what Kurt said, you know, don't let somebody else's experience prevent you from believing God. Right. Because that's what we're talking about. Yes. Like if you sit down with that person and listen to the whole story, you can probably find a few things. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying, because we believe for stuff and it hasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. How many times have we believed in seeing God come through? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I hear those, I'm like, yeah, and I'm, I'm warm with you. I'm discouraged as well. Yeah. But I'm going to believe again the next yeah. time. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. And so if we go back and look, though, and I would encourage us, when we go back and look at when God has come through, I can look back at me and go, oh, that's because I actually believe that's who you are. Because Kurt, Kurt had a, a revealing phrase in his last comment was, in my terms. Mm-hmm. Now that's what messes up a lot of us. Because many times it's, okay God, I'm coming to you and this is how I want you to handle this. <laughs> right? yeah. And this is how I want you to work this out. And it would be awesome if, boop, 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 boop. And, and, we, and we make that leap, we make that leap to that's, because I defined him. Instead of me finding out who he is, I defined him. I'll know it's God when it unfolds like this. And don't please, all my stuff, we can't, we gotta be, it has to be Lord. Again, because God, again, this is, a, now we gotta, we don't know, I don't know how we're doing. Is it, so here's, a, so how many know God? He's just kind of like an out of a box kind of guy. Sure. You know what I mean? Like God, he does who he is. He just does it really creatively. Yes. I mean, like, so, so I mean, like, I, I like we were talking about children of Israel, right? Very creative. Mm-hmm. How he got them out of Egypt. <laughs> right? Very, very creative. Bam. And then when he gets them out, I mean, if we, he doesn't take the short way. He, he intentionally, he, I mean, if you look at a map and they exit Egypt, they could have just kept going east. And then it got there in like three or four days. God crosses over the Red Sea, takes a hard right south down a peninsula where there ain't no other. It's a dead end, in our opinion. Does that make sense? So many times what happens, Kurt, is, is we have to sit there and say, and that's why, again, what we said all last year, all right, Lord, your will, your way. Your will, your way. You will do who you are, and Lord, I am not going to put my parameters on what that looks like anymore. I'm just going to come to you and say, Lord, your will, your way. And if you ask me to do something, and I can see it here, does that make sense? And I can know it here by the Spirit. I don't care how cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs it sounds. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Does that, again, I'm not trying to do, I mean, do a sweeping on this. Tithing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How crack crazy is tithing? <laughs> From a, like a sheer number standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Where God says, hey, listen, I want you to chop off 10%. You can't touch it. It's not yours. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Right? And there it is. Bam. And you're like, but God, that mathematically, especially if I'm behind the eight ball, 10% doesn't, I mean, 10% doesn't sound like a lot, right? Until it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 10%, you know, because that's what all those preachers do. Well, you know, well God could have asked for you know, and we throw out these big things. Well, yeah, he's and ten percent doesn't look like a lot until it looks like a lot. You know, I mean, you know, especially especially when gas is creeping up. I mean, we can all sit down and all, but yet God said, "Hey, listen." But but this is this is we're relating. But see, tithing gets a lot easier when you understand who He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Is that helping? All right. Hebrews chapter 11. Is this okay? I really, I feel like I'm just doing a, a not a great job. But uh, it could just be me. So I'm going to stick with God's opinion and say, Jesus, you help me. And I'm so grateful you do. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at this. I didn't get anywhere near where I was going. Y'all going to really enjoy next week. Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, right? Great faith chapter, right? And we'll land the plane on this one. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. 
But and I want us to do this this substitution. But without faith, and what are we substituting the word faith for? Two things: without, without persuasion, and without our positive response. So without faith, without full persuasion, and without my positive response, it is impossible for me to please God. Right? So, that's right, Charlie. So, what pleases God? Your persuasion and your positive response please God. How many of you want to please God? Then aren't you glad you don't have to do anything more than let yourself get persuaded and be willing to give him your positive response? That's all he does. That's it. So you can literally change the two words of belief and get persuaded? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, faith and persuasion. That's all we're doing. And Kurt, what I say is, as many times it helps us, because how many of you know faith has become... Unfortunately, for poor faith, poor faith, poor faith gets a bad rap, right? Poor faith, right? Because it's a very churchified word now, right? That we throw out there. And I love what Courtney says sometimes. Okay, but what does that look like? Okay, yeah, we throw out what you know. Paul, have faith, and you're like, I thought it was, right? (laughs) I'm trying. I'm working real hard at it. It'd help if I knew what it looked like. Yeah. It's almost like making the motions, but there's nothing. That's exactly. Well, many times things become church. Again, like prayer. I mean, I I said we're going to talk about prayer, and every one of us had a preconceived image. Yeah. Right? Some people that are here that are all prayer people, they were excited. Ooh, yeah, we finally, Brad's finally doing something spiritual. We're talking about prayer. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. And other people thought, oh, Jesus, help us. (laughs) Right? Shoot me, Lord. Jesus, I'm going to. Because he's talking about prayer. And, and, and so we can throw things out. Uh-huh. And because of all kinds of stuff, we can have all kinds of perceptions of what that looks like. Just like we can with faith. Now, and again, I'm not changing the topic of prayer. Because remember, all prayer, all conversation with God, its foundation is what I am persuaded in. That's right. It, the foundation of prayer is my persuasion. The foundation of prayer is my willingness to positively respond to what he says to me in prayer. Does that make sense? Right? See, many people, they, they, their prayers don't get answered on one, most because they're just not actually persuaded. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying they don't have faith. I'm just saying they're not persuaded. I'm not saying they don't have an ability to see that when even you say that, right? Because how many of you, your hackles can go up. Well, Brad, don't you start telling me I ain't got no faith, <laughs> right? And people, and it starts turning into Old West. People start getting their six guns out, right? Don't you tell me, don't you tell me I, I don't believe. Don't you tell, I, I, hey, listen, I'm not saying you can't believe. I'm not saying you don't have an ability to believe. I'm just asking a simple question that only you can answer. Are you actually persuaded about this? And it's okay. And and it's best if you're not to actually say, nope, not yet. I see it. I'm work. I'm, I'm, I I see it, (laughs) but I ain't there yet. Does that make, I mean, does that make sense? Again, can I just say, when, 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 when we go to minister to people for healing, it would help us tremendously if we had took time to find out where they're persuaded. Because see, some people are persuaded to, Brad, you just put your hand on me, scrub some olive oil on my head, and Jesus, we got it. And they're persuaded. I'll, oh, let's pray. Let's do this thing. I'm about to... Real cream your hair. I mean, you know what I mean? Say, we're going to go. I'll put the whole bottle on you. Let's do it. Right? And some people are like, if I can just get to the doctor, I'm going to be okay. And that's where they're persuaded. And listen to me, and both are fine. Now, yes, one is higher, but if I'm not there, I'm not there. 
And it does me no good to fake it till I make it if I ain't there. I could die. Literally. Does that make sense? I mean, I love to hear what, what Brother Barry Bennett, and if you go back, he's preaching at our Irondale campus. You can go back and probably watch the live stream later today. I mean, he just went through back in 2020. I mean, he was feeling kind of poor, and I'm, I'm going to shorten his story. You need to go hear it from him himself. But he was, he was, says, I looked in the mirror that morning, and I was noticed I was yellow. I thought, well, that's not good. <laughs> but I went on anyway, and he went on, he preached, and he wasn't feeling well, and Finally went or went to the doctor and the doctor called him and said, um, I need you to stop immediately what you're doing and go directly to the emergency room. He goes to the emergency room, they do some stuff. And the doctor, this was his quote, he says, the doctor looked at me and said, well, Mr. Bennett, I don't know if you're a man that makes plans or not, but you need to make some. Because uh, you won't make it through this weekend. And, and Brother Barry goes, well, I wasn't what I was expecting to hear that. Right, and that's after he just finished writing a book called "God Wants You Well." <laughs> right, and he says, "But on the inside, the Holy Spirit told me, don't worry, you're not going to die from this." And it held him. And I love this. And there's a ton more that go in there. But listen to me. See, he knew him. But then Brother Barry goes, but I, did, I didn't realize I was actually writing that book for me. I thought I was writing it for y'all. Until I was there feeling sorry for myself and my wife handed me the book and said, why don't you read this book? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and I read the book. And as I'm reading the book, I go, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> Listen to me. Come on. Can we just be real about this stuff? Please hear me. We all have to honestly look at ourselves and go, where am I persuaded? What is the, uh, where, but I want to talk to us as our church family, where am I persuaded with who he is more than what he said he will do? Now, if he said he will do it, please hear me. He will do it, but I want to be more persuaded in who he is. Because of this verse, because remember it says, without my persuasion, it's impossible for me to please God if I am not persuaded. Now notice, because someone that would come to God, someone that would desire to approach God, must be persuaded or believe two things, and two things only, that he is, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come. Yes. Two of y'all got that. <laughs> that he is. Now, again, that doesn't mean that he exists only. Now, for some folk, they just need to start there. God, you're, you exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's a great. If, if you don't believe that, if you're, if you, you need to start there. He's real. Mm-hmm. And he exists. Mm-hmm. But he's bigger than existing. Mm-hmm. I must believe who he is. And on Thursday, we talked about this, and I'm going to release all of y'all for homework. Y'all need to do a study and find all the places you can where you find God's name. Because mm. throughout the entire Bible, he has all these names. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. But God is so big. He is so all-encompassing that one name... Won't do it. You can't squish enough of who he is into one name. But when we look at all of his names, we start going, oh, wow. And see, that's what the Hebrew writer was saying. He said, listen, you must be persuaded in all of who he is. Mm -hmm. See, because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God who is my peace. He is Jehovah Sitkenu, the God who is my righteousness. He is El Shaddai. And I love this one, the multi. And I love this because God, God is just like so funny <laughs> to me. Like, I mean, he, because El Shaddai is a direct slap against all the pagans because mm-hmm. God reaches over because they worshiped this deity. And, and I've got my boys here, so. They're there. My, 
But it was a deity that the whole front of the idol was full of breasts. Mm-hmm. Been every pornographer's dream right there. I mean, it was this whole, I mean, it was this whole idol that was nothing but boobs. <laughs> and God says, that's me. <laughs> he goes, I am the multi-breasted one. I am the multiple-sourced God. I am the God of all provision. Does that make sense? And I know I'm picking on them, and it's got, it's got Pastor Brad's head boob. It's all, it's, it's all good. It's all we can laugh. It's all fun. But listen, but I want to say that imagery is powerful, y'all. Come on. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. The imagery that God God has more ways to get to us what we need than we've even imagined. That's why we don't paint up a because God, you got. You got sources I ain't ever heard of. Mm-hmm. You got ways to provide I ain't even thought of. You got ways to come through I hadn't even imagined yet. Why? Because you're the God of multiple sources. You are the God of limitless resources. Yes. That's who you are. Yes. Does that mean? Yes. Right? He's Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, he's Jesus. Even Jesus we throw Jesus' name around and don't know what it means. Somebody tell me what Jesus means. The name Jesus. Do you know what it means? It actually means Jehovah or the God who saves. Even his name. That's why, again, when you use the name of Jesus, you're actually saying God will save that. Come on. God will save that. Oh, God will save that. Oh, we're going to pray. Oh, God will save that. Oh, God will redeem that. God will deliver. He's the God that saves. Why? Jesus. God will save that. In the name of the God who saves. Come on. Does that make sense? See, we must be persuaded in who he is yes. who he is and then finally I gotta land the plane I'm sorry it says this and man if that was enough and that he is a rewarder mm-hmm. of those who diligently seek him for who he is Does that mean? See, another, in, another identity. He is. He is. He doesn't just reward. He is, is the rewarder. He's the God that. So when when we need healing and we come and we seek, please hear me. And, and I'm not. I'm not just seeking healing. I'm seeking the healer. Yes. Because see, it because it when I find the healer, healing just shows up. It, Absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. it's just there. Mm-hmm. See, I think so many times we, we've crippled people because we got to go get your healing. You got to go get your provision. You got to go and we get getting them after. No, no, you just go find the healer. Yeah. I need you to go after the healer. I need you to seek. And we're going to look at that all next week. And you hear that in the voices of the people of Jesus's day, Jesus, yes. son of David. Yes. And that was a cry, the healer. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Blind Bartimaeus. You remember that story? And he's crying. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. I know who you are. Yeah. And I'm calling out to who you yes. are. Yes. Yes. And then, and then when Jesus turns and looks at him, and then Jesus goes, well, what you want? Uh-huh. What a... And he goes, You. Because I was calling you. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you found me, now have your healing. Mm-hmm. Now receive your sight. Why? Because you found me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Does that Guys, go after him. Amen. I think we, we've, we've gone so small 
We've encouraged people to go after stuff and things. Those things will show up when you find him because you just can't help it but find you find him and everything he is is and it and it just comes out of him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because he is a rewarder of those who will come after him. Mm-hmm. When, when we go after him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Again, and I was so moved by Brother Barry yesterday and it just hit me. When he says, man, and I'm like him, I'm like, I love faith, but I'm just going to talk about his goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk about who he is. Mm-hmm. From here on out, y'all keep me to that. Mm-hmm. I just want to know him. Yeah. Lord, I want you. Yes. Yes. I just want you. Yes. You're everything. And in you, there's just everything. Amen. Do you want him today? Amen. So if you're here today.